Welcome to Dayspring Church Online, where we share the message of hope all over the world. Our prayer is that this podcast will help you live a more fulfilling life with God at the center. For more information on how you can take part, visit us at dayspringpc.org. Who loves Dayspring? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. So um, this week has been uh, pretty rough, pretty tough. Um, It's been busy. Uh, We're getting things ready for the move. If you don't know, uh, we've been meeting here for about four or five years. Well, a lot longer, but um, Pastor Nestor has been here for four four years, four four, or five years. Um, And we're actually going to move to Mission Hills. Um, We've been trying to announce it every Sunday, and it's exciting. But this week um, has just been tough. So many uh, bad things have happened and then just crazy news. But um, if this is your first day, I want to let you know that this church is awesome. Because yesterday we were out taking pictures because uh, it's a hobby of mine. I take pictures. I'm a photographer. Follow me on Instagram. Um, But (laughs) it'll be on the screen. But um, we were out there, and I was just kind of telling my team, kind of like, you know, I'm feeling down. I'm feeling discouraged. Um, and they're like, let's pray, and we're just driving in L.A. traffic, so we, we had quite a little bit of time. Um, but we're there, and then we just started praying. We hugged it out. It, it was incredibly encouraging. So get to meet people here. They're awesome. They're here for you. They're here to pray for you. Um, I hope you can make this your home. Cool? Who here is an expert in prayer? Because if you are, we should switch. Um, my throat has been feeling a little weird, so if you are, you got to get up here and throw it down. Um, doesn't it seem like prayer is almost like a lifelong thing that, does anyone ever actually become an expert in praying? Um, it, it, like, can you ever say about yourself, I'm an expert at praying, like, I don't need to learn anymore, I, I don't need to pray anymore, uh, because I got it down. We've been going, uh, we, we, we do series, which are pretty much, um, we take a topic, we take a subject, and we talk about it for four, five, six, depends how many weeks we do it, but we talk about it for a couple of weeks. And we've been in a series called 40 Days of Prayer. We just had a fast. It was a great fast. And um, we decided that during this fast that we wanted to pray. So Pastor Nestor has been going over um, prayer, and today I want to talk to you about something very specific about prayer. You see... Everyone in their lives, at least once in their lifetime, has prayed. Muslims pray. Buddhists pray. Everyone prays. Atheists pray every now and then. And believe it or not, Congress prays too. But everyone prays at least once in their lifetime. What are the differences between what we pray, how we pray, between everybody else? Charles Spurgeon says, true prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is far deeper than that. It is is a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. A spiritual transaction. I titled my message today, Reciprocate. Tell your neighbor, Reciprocate. If you don't know what Reciprocate means, it pretty much means to give, to receive, to interchange, um, so I thought it was a cool word. But I titled my message today, Reciprocate, 
Because when you leave out of here, I don't want you to leave with the notion that we're telling you or asking you or pleading with you to pray more. That is not our goal. It is not our goal for you to come out and, and think to yourself, okay, the message that I got today was that I need to pray more. Because everyone prayed. And you might even have a, a, a prayer life, a consistent prayer life. What we want is for you to actually have that word with the living, breathing God of heaven and earth. It is not just us saying words and hopefully it somehow gets to someone bigger than us. It is an exchange. It is a communication. It is I speak, but he also speaks. So I don't want you to just leave here thinking like, I need to pray more. No, I need to connect with the living God. I need to have an experience with the living God. I need to hear him. He needs to speak to me. It's not enough for me to mumble words half asleep at like 5 a.m. if that's your thing. I'm not a morning person, so that's not my thing. But my hope is that you would get out of here hoping and planning to connect with your creator. So we're going to go over 1 Kings, and um, it's not on your outline because it's really long, and like, I didn't want to give you a bunch of pages, like, really, this kid, like, gets to pray every now and then, he gives us, like, five pages, so I put them up there, um, and I'll go ahead and read them, so just follow along on the screen, and if you have your Bibles, you could definitely open them to First Kings 18, you could also use your Bible apps. So, Obadiah went to meet Ahab, and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah, when he saw Elijah, he said to him, Is that you, you troubler of Israel? I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed uh, Baals. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount, Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, God, follow him. But the people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood but not set it on, on fire. I will prepare the other bull and put it on the wood but not set it fire. Then you call on the name of your God and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire, he is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one of the bulls and prepare it first. Since there are so many of, you, many of you, call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull, given, given them, and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal answered, answer us, they shouted, but there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a god. Perhaps he is deep in thought, 
or busy or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. You see, if you think the Bible is boring, like, the Bible has sarcasm. I mean, sarcasm has been around for a while. <laughs> um, so they shouted louder. They slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until their blood flowed. Midday passed, and they continu continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice, but there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones for 12 tribes of Israel, one for each of the tribes descendants from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it, large enough to hold two seas of, the, of seeds. He arranged the wood, cut the bowl into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it a third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Isaac and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know you, Lord, our God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell and cried. The Lord, he is God. The Lord is God. What an incredible story, is that not? Yeah. It's like, it's like, man, the prophets of Baal, it, it almost seemed like in today's culture, they kind of did all the right things. Uh, they, they had their, their prayer meetings. They, they danced. They shouted. They were persistent. Uh, it, it says they were praying from morning till noon. Uh, it, but, but nothing happened. Nothing happened. And that's because they were missing one thing, one person to be exact, God. They were missing God. You see, when we come to prayer, when we pray, it should be God who we want the most. When we pray in the morning, when we come to our prayer meetings, it is God who we should desire the most. First place, not, not, not our requests, not our health. And I'm not saying that those aren't, aren't important. But in, in, when we come, we have to have the mentality that we want God. You see, the difference between a follower of Jesus is not just that he prays. Yes, we're supposed to pray, but that's, that's not the ultimate factor. The difference is that God actually speaks to you. And not only does he speak to you, but we, we actually obey what he says. You see, there's a difference between one who knows God and one who is searching for God. There's a difference. The, the prophets of Baal were fervent. They were fancy with their language. They were loud. Uh, they were persistent. They were trying to have a revival. But the problem is that they were serving a God who not they serve, but that, that God serves them. You see, what's interesting is that they, Baal actually has a bunch of names. Uh, but two interesting names that, that I found was Baal Gad, 
which is Lord of Good Fortune. And the second one is Baal Haman, Lord of Wealth. This is a non-existent God. This God doesn't exist. And the, and the crazy thing is that many times, and this, this happened with Adam and Eve. This was their, 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 their first sin, the cardinal sin, right? Many times we have God in our mind, in our picture, and we begin to create this God who's outside of the Bible. A God that serves us, a God that serves our needs, a God that fits our perspective, our picture, our worldview, and then we just slap the name of Jesus on him and say, oh, I, I'm Christian. All right, I don't think I'm in church today. Ding. <laughs> you see, if Jesus, if your Jesus is not the Jesus of this Bible, then he's not the real Jesus. You see, someone cannot say that I have a relationship with Jesus, yet have never opened this book. Because Jesus has revealed himself. God has revealed himself through this book. And God is trying to speak to you, speak life into you. And as soon as you open this book, you'll find out that there is life, that wow, Jesus is actually much more incredible than what he is in my mind. Come on, y'all got to give a crap. This is... You guys aren't clapping for me. This is for Jesus, God and only. You see, people are like, Jesus is okay with uh, me cheating on my wife. Like, no, bro, that's ball. Like, you're not worshiping Jesus. Like, Jesus is okay with how I treat people with my attitude. That's how he made me. Like, no, that's not Jesus. That's ball. Like, you got to get it right. And I believe there's some very good lessons in Elijah's prayer. So the first one, and, and you have your outlines right there in front of you, and you can fill this out is prayer is about God, not us. Prayer is about God, not us. It says in the scripture, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Doesn't it almost feel like sometimes when we pray, it's just, it's just kind of like me, 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 me. And I include myself because I do this too. It's like, uh, God, uh, my job, uh, my salary, my family, me, me, me. It almost makes sense, right? Um, pray, but prayer is, is about a relationship with God. It's not a wishing well where we can just hope that he'll hear us and hope that he'll do what we have asked. Because honestly, we don't even do that with our friends. Like, imagine, like, I, I don't know, I, I, I hang out with friends a lot, I guess, because I'm not married. But um, imagine if we went to our friends, and, you know, you show up, and you're like, yo, bro, how's it going? Before he says anything, like, oh, can you actually tie my shoes real quick? Like, no biggie, gets down, ties your shoes, and right when he's going to, like, you know, kind of be like, oh, what's up? Oh, wait, wait, but do you actually have, like, $10? But, I mean, if you have 20 that's even better. And then it's like, like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, before he even gives it to you, like, oh, dang, I forgot to wash my dishes. Like, can you wash my dishes, like, later? And, oh, oh, and, and before you say anything else, like, uh, you know, pay my bills, and then you leave. It's like there's no room for the other individual to say anything. That's not a relationship. I mean, I know sometimes your kids might come and do that, but <laughs> a relationship has reciprocal. It's not just you going out. It has to be God coming in as well. You see, a, a lot of prayers, 
Um, you, you've heard them, the, the father gods, the, the kind of ones where we have to kind of fill them in. Um, it's like no wonder that we have a lot of these kind of repetition stuff. It's, be, it, it's okay to pause. It's okay to stop in your prayers. Because sooner or later, we have to hear from God. And when we're down on our knees praying, it's, you don't have to continuously, continuously say something and, and speak in Shakespeare because he hears you, he understands you, and he wants to speak back to you. We can't just pray a long prayer with no pauses and stop and say amen and hope that he speaks to us. We have to listen. I'm not being spiritual. I got lost. Remember I said that last time? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you ever met someone who just never stops talking? Are you good friends with them? Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of an introvert, um, so whenever I do meet someone who talks and speaks a lot, it kind of scares me uh, because, I, you know, I don't know when to go in and say something. Uh, and, and it's almost like, like God wants to come into your life. God wants to tell you the bright future that you have. God wants to tell you his plans that he has for you. Yet when we have very busy lives, and I mean this is America, we have busy lives. But when we at least pray, we can actually try to listen. Meditation is okay. You see, we're so concerned with whether God hears us that we never even think about whether we hear him. We are so concerned with, with uh, God answering our prayers, but we never really come to think about how do I answer him? How do I obey him? And they're both important. Everyone say again, reciprocal. reciprocal. What a powerful prayer that Isaiah said. What a powerful prayer saying, you know what? You're God, I'm a servant. Millennials are like, oh, come on, really? We're in the 21st century. Don't be calling me a servant. But um, <laughs> Jesus said the first will be last and the last will be first. When we humble ourselves down in the presence of God, he will uplift us when we're not. And the second point, and you can fill this out in your outline. It says, we must obey what God speaks to us in prayer. We must obey what God speaks to us in prayer. And, and I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that you shouldn't ask things from God. In fact, he encourages it. He says, ask anything of me and you will receive. But what the problem is is that we ask, yet we never wait for a response. We ask and ask and ask, yet we never wait for a response. It, it, it's like, you know, we go to our bosses and we're like, yo, give me a salary, and then you just leave. And he's like, wait, I didn't even tell you yes or no. I didn't even tell you how to get that, that, that raise or that new salary. We have to wait for him to answer. Isaiah, in, in, in his prayer, he says, uh, after um, he says that you are God and I am the servant, he says, and have done all these things at your command. You see, the best evidence 
that you are a man or woman of prayer is that you do what God says when you hear it. That is a real person of prayer because not only are you speaking to God, he speaks to you and then you reciprocate and you answer. It's a conversation. You ever heard someone say that uh, God doesn't answer your prayer because you don't have enough faith? It's like, oh, God didn't heal your kids because you don't have enough faith. Like, really? Like, as if God needs our faith in order for him to act. You see, Jesus said we need the faith of a mustard seed. I don't know about you, but I don't think that's some, you know, major parable. I think he's just telling us you don't need that very much. You don't need very much. If you just believe in God just this much, he will work wonders. It's not some spiritual thing that when he says, if you just have faith of a mustard seed, that you will move mountains like, oh, my God, that I don't, oh, my God, what does that mean? It just means you don't need that very much. Just have it. Just have the faith that he will do something, that he will heal, that he will improve our lives. Faith isn't about working up our belief in God. Faith is about hearing God, and when he says something, that we believe it. You see, God, God says, I know everything about you. You were made in my image. You were healed by my scars. You were not a mistake. God says, I love you. It's in this book. God says, I love you. You are healed. You are worth more than what other people say you're worth. And this, he says, he has already spoken into the word. Imagine what, what more he can speak when you actually are there in his presence and just ask. Say, I have a little bit of faith. I have the faith of a mustard seed. Of a mustard seed. God, speak to me. We have to have the faith to believe what he has already said about us. And we also have to have the faith to believe that he is still speaking to us today. You know, the world doesn't need more people to pray. The world needs more people to actually have conversations with God and when he speaks to actually do it. It is action that changes the world. It is action that actually makes things happen. It is action what changes your life. And you might be thinking, but I pray all the time and God doesn't, doesn't answer me at all, doesn't answer my prayers. Listen, honestly, I don't have a formula to tell you how God can speak to you. I wish I did. But what, I might, what I'm saying is that he might have been speaking to you this whole time, and you just might have not known that it's him. And here's a perfect story. I had a friend who, um, while I was going to Bible school, he was kind of a, someone a skeptic, someone who doesn't believe much. Uh, and he said, you know, bro, like I've tried praying, and I just don't hear God. And I, he's like, how do I hear God? And I was like, I have no idea. Like, I mean, if you know, tell me. Uh, it was at the time that I was in Bible school. Um, and then, you know, a, a couple weeks went by, and we were together having a conversation, and he told me about an individual who had really hurt him, uh, a family member who really hurt him. So we had our conversation, and I told him, you know what, bro? I think you should go speak to them and forgive them. I said, I think you need forgiveness because this this comment is restraining you from moving forward in life. And you know, the, he's like, no, nah, like, why would I do that? No, 
Like, they need to apologize. I was like, okay, okay. But then I had this kind of thought. I was like, hey, John, is there, is there something inside of you that's kind of pushing you to a certain direction? And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I, I need to forgive them. And I was like, I just told you that. And uh, he, he said, I asked him, I was like, what do you think that is? And he's like, oh, it's God. It's God for sure. I was like, do you not see what's happening? We just had the conversation about how God speaks to us, and God is speaking to you right now. Sometimes we just ignore it, or we just don't acknowledge it. And I told them, I remember this, it was so cool, but I told them, I was like, this is, this is the moment. I was like, this is the moment that you're going to decide whether you're actually going to obey God or not. Because whether he's speaking to you or not, he's speaking to you. Whether he's speaking to you through other people, whether he's speaking to you through your conscience, through the Holy Spirit within you, or he's speaking to you through this. God is still speaking today. He is not quiet. He is not shut. He is still speaking and alive today. <laughs> I was like, I could have told you that, you know? <laughs> But this is where you decide. There's going to be a moment in your life when you know it's God. And you have a decision to make. Either you're going to listen to his voice or you're not. I know that there are a couple theologians who say that God doesn't speak anymore. But my problem is that Jesus spoke way before they had anything else to say. My problem with that is that Jesus spoke before they had anything to say. Okay, y'all didn't hear me. My problem with that is that Jesus, has, Jesus spoke before any theologian had anything to say about whether God is still speaking today or not. I'm like, what, what, what more hope do we need? Number three. Prayer incites change. Prayer pushes change. Prayer encourages change. Prayer should equal change. His uh, prayer continued, says, Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. See, Elijah didn't just want to prove to them that he was right and they were wrong. Elijah didn't just want to show that his God was the real God and theirs wasn't. Elijah desired for their hearts to change. Elijah wanted them to change. You see, if someone has been praying for 20 years and hasn't changed, uh, still dealing with the same sins, still dealing with the same character issues, um, you need help because you've been talking to yourself for 20 years. The thing is, when you are in the presence of the living God, every fiber in your body should say, I need a change. I can't stay like this. Because when you are in the presence of God, you are in the presence of something so much bigger than you, then you're like, my goodness, I have no option but to change. I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm in the presence of, of, of like uh, Justin and Damien, like, I just want to go home and do like a thousand push-ups. Like, like, I don't want to eat for, like, months. And you see, when, 
You, you ever been with someone like that? Where like, you know, the CEO of something just comes up to you and you're like, my goodness, like, like I, I need to up my game, you know? Like I need to do something. I need to change. So you cannot tell me that you've been on your knees in prayer for 20, 30, 40 years and have not changed because God incites change. God wants you to change. And especially if it's reciprocal because God is speaking to you. God wants you to change. I mean, it's true. Uh, God wants you to live the life that he has planned out for you. And the only way that you can figure out that life is for him to tell you what that life is. See, if your life is not bigger than you, you're living the wrong life. If your dreams are not bigger than you, you have the wrong dream. You see, because when you wake up, you, you should be dreading the fact that your life and your dreams are so big that you have no idea what you're going to do. And you have to pray in that very moment on your knees and say, God, I can't do it, but you can. It's like, it's like my life is so big. My, the plans that you have for me are so big that I wouldn't be able to do it on my own. I need you. I need you every single day because without you, I can't move forward. Uh, I think about my life, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Today I woke up, and I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I was like, I I'm like, I can't do this, you know? Like, this isn't me. I, it has to get to a point where your life is like, my goodness, God, if you're not with me, I can't do it. I woke up this morning and I prayed. I was like, God, if you're not with me today, I don't want to go. I was like, God, someone's about to text me and say, hey, bro, I got you covered. Because if he's not here with me right now, if he's not in our midst, if he... If when you leave this place, you are not in awe of me, but you are in awe of God, then I don't want to be here. I want to be able to point you guys to him. I want to be able to point you to the only one, the creator of heaven and earth, and your creator, your father, the, person, the, the individual who loves you. Your dreams have to be so big that they scare you. Your life has to be so big that it scares you. And that you have no option but to look towards God than to listen to his direction. How much more can talking to God push us to change? If when you talk to someone who is so like, just pushes you to change, how much more is it to be in the presence of God? Um, in your outlines, Psalm one is there, and I'd like to read it over. Psalm 1 says this. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. Can be no morning, Sunday morning Christian who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season 
and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. Whatever they do, prospers. Tell your neighbor, it's not the seed, it's the ground. It's not the seed, it's the ground. It's not the seed that's what has failed, it's the ground. You see, your foundations have to be strong. If your structure is strong and your foundations are weak, your structure does not matter. We need to have a strong foundation in our faith because I can guarantee you, actually, Jesus can guarantee you that you will have troubles in this life, that there's going to be a moment where everything comes crashing down, where the structure that you've been building is crashed down either by other people, by your finances, by a death, by a lost job. Your world is going to come crashing down, and that's why we need to have our foundations strong. It's not the seed, it's the ground. I want to be able to give a verse that I believe is a strong foundation to our prayer life. That's in Ephesians 6.18. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times. When? All times. All times. With all kinds of prayers, asking for everything you need. To do this, you must always be ready and never give up. And always pray for all God's people. I mean, it sounds pretty simple, right? <laughs> uh, in this verse, there's seven instructions that I'd like to give you. The first one is pray in the Spirit. <laughs> and this is where it leads me back to reciprocate. Because when we pray in the Spirit, we have to have God with us. We have to have the Spirit in us. We have to have the Spirit present. And the Spirit is always speaking to us. It's reciprocate. We have to listen. We have to pray in the Spirit. The second one is at all times. There's never a bad time to pray. I was praying in the restroom today. Not going to lie. I was like, God, please help me. Be with me. Um, we were praying in traffic. I mean, we had to. We were going to lose it. Um, third one, with all kinds of prayer for every emotion and situation. Have you guys read Psalms? My goodness, complaining, crying out, confessing, clarifying, celebrating, comforting. There is all kinds of emotions. I mean, if you, you're the emotional type of individual, you should read Psalms because that thing will take you like this. It's like you're dating someone while reading Psalms because right now you're like, oh, my goodness, it's so good. And then out of nowhere, you're like, God, you have forsaken me. Like, what? You were just praising him. Like, what happened? It's a good book, though. Very good book. Uh, number four, uh, pray about everything. God cares about you. God really does care about you. Uh, there's no thing that's too small for God. Don't think that you only need to pray to God about big situations. If you don't like your shoes, okay, God, I don't like my shoes right now, you know? Like, any small detail in your life God cares about. You know, it's like when you're uh, I, I hope that your relationship with like, your parents is good. But it's like when you're with your parents and you're just talking about anything. God cares about that. It, it's not like God is um, 
such a spiritual being that we just always have to be praying in Shakespeare. Uh, you know, it, it's like, no, like, it's always okay to pray about anything with God because he cares. And the fifth thing is always be ready. You got to have a plan. Um, you got to set time for God. Uh, your relationships won't grow if you don't give it time. You know what a lot of people say, like love is spelled T-I-M-E? You know, the you got to give me time. Uh, my love language is uh, quality time, so I understand them. But you need to be able to give the person whom you're in a relationship with your time. If you're dating, if you're married, you got to go on dates uh, with your kids. you got to go out and play baseball because that's how relationships grow. So you need to set out a time. Like, it's not non-spiritual to set a time to pray. Uh, yeah, I don't think i got to say anything else about that. <laughs> uh, number six is never give up. Never stop praying. I mean, in your good times, in your bad times, just pray. Seven, pray for all people, everybody. You can't do that two minutes a day. So I'm mean, just saying. God wants you to make an impact in the world. God wants you to make an impact here. We're about to double our congregation. Like, if y'all ain't excited for that, I don't know what to excite you with because we're about to double. Like, we ain't got to struggle with kids' teachers. Well, at least I hope not. Um, but we pray not because it's a mandate that we just have to speak speak things at God. But we pray because we need to hear from him. There's no other way. I don't know how to move forward if I can't, if I can't hear from him. Because he's, like, he knows everything. He set out the plan for you. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? And the, oh, that was the seventh thing. <clears throat> That's why we can't just pray without listening, without changing, without obedience. I want my friends to tell me when they need help. And it's not because I'm a chismoso. Like, <laughs> it's because I genuinely want to help them. I want the best for them. And the same goes for my family. I think we need his presence today. I think we can't move forward in life without him, without his presence. But um, if you're here and if you've never heard anyone speak this nonsense <laughs> that you might be thinking, it's the best decision that you can ever make. You see, life is hard as it is. Life is difficult. Life will hurt you. Life will put you through pain. And if you don't have God with you, it just makes it difficult. But when you have someone like God backing you up, someone whom you can speak to, connect to, all those problems are temporary, minuscule, compared to the greatness that God has for us. If you've never been in a relationship with God, with the person who created you, 
I want to be able to give you that opportunity right now. Because you have aspirations, you have dreams, and God wants to be a part of that. Not only does he want to be a part of that, but he wants you to be a part of his dreams and his plans and his aspirations for this world, for this country, for this city, for your family, for this church. And it is an amazing thing that we're able to partner with God and make things happen. What distinguishes us between everybody else who prays is that when we hear God, we act. I want you to, this week, to, when you pray, to just sit there and ask God to speak to you. And when he does, to have the courage to say, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to step into that calling. 